Church, nothing compares to our God. Amen? We just talked about this. I mean, we just sung a, about His name. Uh, just wanted to say again a big thank you uh, to each and every one of you who, uh, who have just been so faithful during this time. It just, I'm really uh, blessed and I know thank you for your faithfulness uh, in helping us even through Easter, even though it was different. Uh, we still celebrated Easter together, and so uh, just keep, uh, we'll keep you all posted on what, uh, how, and when things happen and things change. Again, I'm waiting to hear from our district. I'm in, I'm in constant touch through our district and the other uh, churches in our, um, in our section, and so we'll let you know, and I, I know I can't wait to get back together and see everybody uh, worship God together as a family, and know. Uh, Churches, we are doing the best we can. I was talking to Pastor Chandler about it earlier too. We're doing the best we can with online church, but we know the Bible was, the church was never meant to be online, right? We've got to gather together as the community of believers. And so I can't wait to do that again. Yes, God is still moving and we pray. Uh, I know more people have been reached with the gospels uh, over these past four uh, weeks actually, more people have uh, been reached with the gospel through online church. So, you know, you never know how God works. Amen. Anyway, uh, a couple of days ago, uh, I was talking actually a couple of weeks back. Uh, I was talking to, we were preparing for Good Friday and Easter and I was talking to another pastor and we were talking about just, just about how church is going in terms of how we're managing and uh, somehow the conversation shifted and one of the people asked him a question about, he was talking about uh, a person asking him, okay, so y'all are celebrating Jesus rising from the dead or Jesus rose from the dead. So, so what? He was asking the question, so what? And, you know, almost every year, uh, that question always uh, pumps me up when people ask that question. Uh, what, so what if Jesus rose from the dead? And uh, I always, I always remember, and it's something I realized that people in church, there are so many people who come to church, you know, on, on Christmas and on Easter, and, and they celebrate Easter with their families and everything else, but uh, they don't understand the real uh, depth and how important Easter is. And uh, the resurrection church, the, and I've titled my sermon this, the resurrection means everything. The resurrection means everything. And uh, Christianity on the whole is based on the fact that Jesus rose from the dead. We can say our, our faith is a resurrection faith as such. And that's why it's a big deal because uh, just the basic things that come to my mind is because Jesus rose from the dead, the resurrection as such, it proves that he was who he said he was. I mean, he used that phrase, I am, you know, and that's why the Jewish leaders were upset with him. And, but he is, he is God. He claimed to be God and that's exactly what the resurrection proved. The resurrection also validated the miracles that he did. When he told that guy, hey, you know, your sins are forgiven. And when he rose from the dead, it validated, confirmed what he was talking about. Also, the resurrection proved one more thing, which I think is really important for all of us is, 
it proved that what he promised, he fulfilled. When he said, you know, in three days I will rise from the dead, that's exactly what happened. And because he said it, he promised it, he fulfilled it, the resurrection fulfilled that. And, and here's the difference it makes. He fulfilled what he promised back then and he fulfills what he promises to us right now. And the resurrection, the fact that he rose from the dead gives us that confidence that he will fulfill what he has promised to us right now. It's just amazing that the promises, church, are not just for there and then. The promises are for us right now too. They are for us right now. And that's the whole, the, if the resurrection never happened, none of this would matter. That's why the resurrection as such is such a big deal for us right now. Turn with me, <clears throat> turn with me to a very familiar passage in Romans chapter 8. We're going to read a few verses from Romans chapter 8, verses 31 through 39. Romans 8, 31 through 39. Again, this is a... a familiar passage to a lot of us and uh, Paul writing this letter you realize that uh, a lot of Paul's preaching and teaching and his theology as such is just centered around this passage too about Jesus as such. It's, uh, I, I really consider Romans chapter 8 one of his masterpieces really as he writes. Romans chapter 8 verse 31 it says what then Shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died... More than that, who was raised to life is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardships or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Again, these eight to nine verses are familiar to a lot of us and you got to realize a lot, I said this just a little while earlier, a lot of what Paul talks about comes from here. And right in the beginning he says, what can you say? Verse 31 it says, what shall we say about this? And you know, this is, uh, if you read this, this is more or less the conclusion to what Paul has been saying before in the previous chapters. And if you know the breakdown of Romans, the book of Romans, you know the first five chapters of Romans basically talks about salvation in terms of, you know, uh, 
how depraved we are as humans and all our efforts really don't matter uh, at all and salvation is by grace alone and he talks about that in the first five chapters of Romans and also and then from Romans 5 towards the end of 5, 6, 7 and 8 he talks about what we call the whole process of sanctification the sanctification and I always uh, assume and I always understand sanctification as this whole process in which you take off the old self and you put on the new. And again, you've got to realize as much as salvation is not our something we can do on our own, sanctification too is not something we can do on our own. And we need to understand this part. Yes, we discipline ourselves. But it's the Holy Spirit working in us that sanctifies, sanctifies us. And of course, in chapter 8, verse 11, chapter 8 uh, deals with this a lot. Chapter 8, you have, verse 11, you have this amazing verse there. But it says that same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us. You know, in Ephesians, he talks about the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. It's that same spirit that lives in us. And as we are, as I'd like to say, we are partakers of this resurrection life because of that same spirit, that same power that raised Jesus from the dead now lives in us too. So what does it mean that Jesus, what does it mean to us now that Jesus rose from the dead? And these are just some reminders <coughs> Because, number one, because the same power, that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us. Number one, nothing can come against us. Nothing can come against us. Verse 31, it says, if God is for us, who can be against us? Church, because Jesus rose from the dead, because that same spirit lives in us, it says, nothing can come against us. I know the Greek translation, it says, if you could also use, a since God is for us. Since God is for us, who can be against us? I think that is easily one of the most powerful statements that we need to understand that will impact our lives as believers is that God is for us as believers. God is for us. That resurrection power of the Holy Spirit lives in us and is for us. Really church, life and people and the devil himself can throw everything Everything that he's got at you. But it will not overcome you because God is for you. That same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us too. Please understand, when you love God and when you make a decision to follow him, God is fighting for you and nothing can't stand against you. Please don't ever make this mistake. And I know I've said this to several people and probably said it here too. Don't ever use the phrase, and we say this sometimes, you know, God is just punishing me. God is not punishing you. Yes, sometimes we got to pay the consequences for what we do. But God is for us. 
as believers, when we believe in that resurrection of Christ, when we live in the resurrection life as such, remember, nothing can stand against us because God is for us. And in verse 35, he kind of gives examples of stuff for, uh, that we can apply to this verse too. He talks about trouble, hardship, persecution. I mean, these are things that can definitely come against us. But they won't overwhelm us because God is for you. Please don't, don't ever forget, don't, or, or uh, what can I say, don't ever underestimate the resurrection power of Christ that lives in you. Because Jesus rose from the dead, nothing can come against us. Verse 31, number 2, because Christ rose from the dead, my debt is paid. My debt is paid. In verse 33, he says, Who will bring any charge against those whom he has chosen? It is Christ who justifies. It is Christ who justifies. This term of bringing a charge is basically a, a term that is used in the courts of law as such. You, you kind of did a crime or you got caught or whatever you and you're, now you're brought to court and the charges, you've got to pay. You've got to pay for the crime and that's the charge brought against you. Now you need to understand what Paul is trying to say here. Hey, you get to court and when you get there, you realize that your debt has already been paid. Why? Because Jesus rose from the dead. You know what he's talking about here. Sin. The wages of sin, the Bible says, is death. That's the price we have to pay. But because Jesus died and rose again, he paid the price that you and I were supposed to pay. Because Jesus rose from the dead, I don't have to die for my sin as such. Because he took my place. Can you imagine, church? Can you imagine going to pay a bill? And then you get there and they tell you, hey, you don't owe anything because somebody else paid that bill for you. That's an amazing feeling if that's ever happened to you. But think about that so much more in the context of eternity. Because that's exactly that what happens to believers that he paid that price, but the only way that would happen is because he not just died, but he rose again. Our debt is canceled. He didn't pay for it partially. He paid for my sin in full when he rose again that third day. Amen. Because he rose again, we have been declared righteous. It is Christ who justifies us. I know my sins are forgiven and my debt or my debt is paid in full. Because Jesus rose from the dead, nothing can come against us. Because he rose from the dead, my debt has been paid. Number three, because Christ rose from the dead, there is no more condemnation. There is no more condemnation. Verse 34, it says, Who is he that condemns? Christ Jesus who died. More than that, 
who was raised to life and is at the right hand of the Father interceding for us. I know this kind of goes together with the previous point a little. But realize that because Jesus rose from the dead and now sits at the right hand of God interceding on our behalf, we do not have to live lives under any condemnation. No one can condemn us. No one can condemn us. We do not have to live under the burden of sin or guilt or shame as such because he wiped out all our guilt, wiped out all our shame when he rose from the grave. No condemnation. You can talk about it. The best, one of the best feelings you can ever have, and I'm talking about feelings, I know, but one of the best senses that you have as such, guilt-free living. For me, like I said, that's one of the most powerful things in my life, the ability to live my life without the burden of guilt and shame. And here's the thing, even though I have messed up and even though I know I will mess up again, I did not or do not have to live my life under that guilt because when he rose on the third day, he washed my sins away and I have no more guilt. No one church can, can condemn us. It's... He justifies us. He's standing there. Think about it. I always think about him interceding for us at the right hand of the Father. And I think about it this way. It's when someone comes in, you know, and says, has this accusation condemning us. And Jesus just steps up to the place, to the plate and says, hey, he's covered by my blood. That's the idea here. That relief, that sense of relief we get because there is no more condemnation. Because when we believe in the death and resurrection of Christ, He justifies us. There is no more condemnation because He rose from the dead. Number four. Because Christ rose from the dead, we are recipients of His unconditional love. Nothing can separate us from God's unconditional love. Verse 35, he asks the question, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Who can separate us from the love of Christ? And we as believers just need to just soak that statement in. Because it needs to, that statement will wipe away all doubt, all fear. When we're going through a hard time, we don't have to wonder if God still loves us. He does. He loves us. I'm not talking about willfully denying Jesus as such here. But I'm talking about as believers, when you mess up, you don't have to question or wonder, does God still love me? Because he will never stop loving you. His love is unconditional because, please understand, God loves everybody. 
but his love is unconditional for us because we accept his death and his resurrection that's why his death and resurrection took care of the one thing that separated us from god sin in itself i know we've talked about this in the last few points his death and his resurrection took away wiped away the one thing that separated us from god and even though we may still or we will still sin either consciously or unconsciously nothing can now can separate us now from his love because he rose from the dead we are recipients of his unconditional love number 5 the fifth reason the fifth reason about what happens when jesus because jesus rose from the dead because jesus rose from the dead we can live lives in victory we can live victorious lives victorious living the strength that we have today in verse 37 it says we are what more than conquerors through him who loved us we are more than conquerors because he won the victory when he rose on that third day it is because he conquered sin conquered death and won the victory it is because of that that we ourselves are more than conquerors it is because we are in him we get to live these victorious christian lives we are more than conquerors again everything can be thrown against us but it will not defeat us because jesus has won the victory he conquered sin conquered the grave conquered death so that we have the victory when we are in him too again this victorious christian living isn't just for the you know the future as such it is for us now today too we get to live victorious lives now because he rose from the dead we get to live i live because he lives i can live a victorious life today because he lives church that victory gives us the strength we need today no matter what we are going through we live as more than conquerors we live as more than conquerors we don't live under the bondage of sin guilt or shame here's the thing when he conquered sin he that erased the power that sin had over our lives we are more then conquerors church listen to me sin has no control over our lives anymore because he conquered sin when he rose again on that third day we are more than conquerors we live victorious christian lives because he rose on that third day because he rose from the dead because he rose from the dead 
Nothing can come against us. Because he rose from the dead, our debts are paid in full. Because he rose from the dead, no one can bring any condemnation against us. Because he rose from the dead, we are recipients of his unconditional love. Because he rose from the dead, we can live victorious lives. And my last point is this. Because he rose from the dead, I have hope for the future. I have hope for the future. I know it doesn't say that, address that in the passage that we read. But if you read in chapter 8 itself, if you go back a little to verses 23 and 24, 25, it talks about this. It talks about the redemption in those verses. It talks about the redemption of our bodies. And in verse 25, it says that we hope for what we do not have yet. We wait for it patiently. It's talking about the redemption of our bodies as such. Now you've got to follow the logic here. What are we hoping for? We're hoping for what? The redemption of our bodies. But why do we have this hope? Why do we have this, con uh, this confidence? Why do we wait for this patiently? Because he rose from the dead. And his body, that glorified body, there is redemption for us in the future too. Because he rose from the dead. Because he rose from the dead. I know, and this is just amazing. Because when Jesus rose from the dead, we know that death will not have the last word in our lives. We know that death is not the end of all things. I know and I've met and talked to a number of people who've said, hey, we live and we die and that's that. But because we know and we believe that Jesus rose from the dead, we know that there is more to life than death itself. Death is not the end of our existence. There is eternity beyond that. And because he rose from the grave, he conquered death. And now he sits at the right hand of Father. And we get to spend eternity with him because we believe in his death and his resurrection. Because he rose from the dead. I have hope for the future that my eternity will be spent with him as heirs with Christ. If you read that section there, it says as heirs with Christ. Read Ephesians 1 verses 19, 20, 21. talks about the same thing. As we face our life today, we know we don't face it on our, on our own because that same spirit, that same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us too. And we face life with that power, the spirit of God. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, I know my future is secure. Church, the resurrection of Christ means everything. It means everything to our faith. It means everything to us right now. Because he lives, church. Remember, nothing can come against you because God is for you. Because Jesus rose from the dead, we know that our, debts is, our debt is paid. 
Our sins are forgiven because he rose from the dead. Because he rose from the dead, we know that there is no more condemnation. Sin, guilt, and shame has no more power over me because I have someone who's sitting at the right hand of God interceding for me. Because Jesus rose from the dead, the one thing that separated us from his love has been taken away and we experience we, we experience His unconditional love. Nothing can separate us from His love, church. Because Jesus rose from the dead, we get to live victorious lives as more than conquerors in Christ. Today, today, whatever in this life, whatever we are going to face, we can face it with boldness, with confidence, because we are more than conquerors in Christ. Lastly, because he rose from the dead, we have this hope for the future. We don't fear death because he conquered death. We're not uncertain about what's going to happen at death or after death because we know he rose from the grave. I mean, he rose from the dead because we know he rose from the grave. We know there's an eternity that we're going to spend with him because we choose to believe in his death and his resurrection. Church, please understand that all of this these are promises as such. But these promises are for us. Are for those who put their trust in Jesus. Who died on the cross and then rose on that third day. Because he lives. We have life itself. Bow your heads with me. Father God. We thank you. We thank you that the grave could not hold you down. The sting of death itself was removed because you rose from the dead. I know we celebrated Easter and so what? It means everything to us, to our faith. Thank you God that you conquered sin. You conquered the grave of God. That nothing of God, I realize that that same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in me. And that same power works, is in me and works for me. And because of that, nothing can come against me. Whatever sickness, whatever situation, trouble, persecution, nothing can come against us because you are for us. That resurrection power of Christ lives in us. We can live with confidence because we know the debt for sin has been paid in full. We can live lives of God with a clear conscience of God. Even though we, we may make mistakes of God, we can live without any condemnation because you rose from the dead and now you are seated at God's right hand interceding for us. Thank you, God. Thank you for that love, Lord, that when we come to you now, nothing can separate us from your love, oh God. Nothing I do or I will do, God, can take me away from your love as such, God. I pray, oh God, once again, that we will learn 
to live with the confidence of God. The confidence of victorious conquerors because of what Christ is doing in us, oh God. Because that resurrection power lives in us, oh God. We are more than conquerors. No situation, oh God, no attack of the enemy, no attack of people will ever overwhelm us, oh God. Because we are more than conquerors in Christ. Lord, and I thank you, God, that our future is secure, Lord. Our eternity is secure with you, Lord. We have something to look forward to. The hope and the confidence we have that we will spend eternity with you because you live. Lord, we thank you once again, God. I pray, God, that we will truly, God, in the days to come, Lord, in the years to come, God, Lord, we will learn more and more what it means to God to live as people who have this resurrection life. God, to live what it means to have the same resurrection power living within us. That we will learn to live, God, with that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead and that lives in us right now. We thank you, Father, once again. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. God bless you, church. Have a wonderful week. God bless you.